Welcome to the Point of Convergence podcast. I am your host, Grant Lira. Get ready to sit down, tune in, and implement. Remember, the knowledge you learn here and anywhere else in your life is only worth something to you if you use it. So get implementing after this episode and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Point of Convergence. Today, we are joined by Michael J. Niner of Blue Raven. Michael, how's everything going today? It's actually doing pretty well. Thank you very much. Outstanding, brother. Outstanding. Let's uh, let's jump right into things here, man, because I know our listeners are pretty curious about your story, you know, how you got into this. So I'm going to let mm-hmm. you take the floor and give us the, uh, give us the details. All right. So first disclaimer, uh, nothing I say here has anything to do with any public office that I hold uh, whatsoever. And I'll de- detail that later on. Uh, it's purely private, uh, personal, and, you know, just professional in the private sector opinion so i uh i actually started so get into my um getting into the field uh actually started off uh 2006 2007 i wanted a career change uh and i got all my certifications and actually i lucked out by uh getting employed by uh former navy seal master chief uh, stephen collins uh, it was a black ice security services uh, based out of Sterling, I think still. And he took me under his wing and uh, it's been one hell of a ride. Cause I initially got, I initially got into the security work, not just a career change, but also uh, college. I started going to college and, you know, retail doesn't cover it, you know, broke if you do, broke if you don't. So, I decided to do that just to kind of pay bills. I was going to go into law enforcement, get, you know, get your criminal justice degree, that, you know, that, that, uh, that sort of thing. But I've had so much fun over the years that I even find out police department. It's gone, you know, just, I never thought where I, I had the stuff I'd be doing, where I'd be. It's just, you know, it's been phenomenal. So I started off, uh, you know, just doing construction sites, worked way up within, four months i was a site supervisor at a, a community policing based contract in centerville virginia and we kind of like we don't replace the police but we're the dominant like, force because we actually have arrest authority in the commonwealth virginia we're the arresting officer so we had this h uh there's this hoa whereas uh three thousand residents i was with another uh another officer is a good guy mike mance who's a, a former uh i think loudon county sheriff's deputy uh, marine corps kind of so he was my direct guy overhead and you know we we did it all we do work with the gang task force uh, set team is what they called in fairfax county uh, deal with everything <laughs> pretty much everything uh, you know we've, we've you know sort of helped them you know what was it uh was it marshals who help them serve a warrant but yeah it's, it's pretty uh you when we're on the private property we actually have a good amount of authority that's what the interesting thing about it so it's interesting yeah it was uh but that's kind of like my start the first year there um and you know i i started getting uh went to college in kentucky went to eastern kentucky university i transferred from nova the community college from administration justice to eastern kentucky university and came back you know did work here and there but um that was during like the the recession so i kind of dipped out of college it's like yeah it's getting kind of money's getting tight so i moved back up here uh started up again except one another place in loudon and then i got to executive protection 
shortly after I got back. And that's so much fun. It was just, uh, I just, I don't want to do anything else. Um, I, I worked for, I can't really say who, but dignitaries of countries that, you know, were, I don't think we're technically at war still, but recently, let's put it that way. Uh, Fortune five or Fortune 100 CEOs, uh, domestic violence victims, uh, stuff like that. Uh, witness protection, done uh, some of that as well. It, it's so there's a very broad spectrum of what we do in the in especially in the DC metro area because we'll even like augment the DOD and State Department for when let's say honestly say the Saudis everyone knows the Saudis big family guy had like 500 wives or some crazy stuff like that you know every so all the kids are princes and princesses but this special uh close protection training is very specific it's not law enforcement it's not military it's not security officer work so it's its own field and they virginia dc just has was only one one of like two or three states that actually has a specific designation for uh exact protection so what we do is we actually, they like to hire us to be part of their, their augment their, you know, they have a guy in charge, AIC, uh, agent in charge to take lead on it. And then we'll augment uh, their protective security details in the run the cemetery area. So that's kind of cool. And it's interesting that you can work with that many like different entities and people who are, you know, mm-hmm. higher up in that, like, I guess hierarchical like ladder, you know, people who are extremely successful. How do you how do you go about meeting those people? What does that you know sales cycle look like? How do you find those jobs? Well, one thing I learned is that I don't find them; they find me. Uh, cold calling had never worked, uh, so I had to find a good website, search engine optimize it, uh, optimized. Uh, a lady did my initial website, did a great job. I got more calls in a month than I did like a prior year than when I actually put it together, you know? So you actually have to get a good website. And that's the biggest single mistake people, they, they say they nod their head, they'll do it. They don't do it. They'll get a cheap website. Of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's like a pamphlet or brochure. I think it's called a brochure website. So you need something out there that is, is that, you know, so, and you also want to establish your brand. What, what kind of message are you, you know, what's the market and that's uh, that's a big one too because there's these things called markets within the market and if i like to compare it to like burgers right you have mcdonald's it's cheap it's quick you know you, you're you know what the risks are when playing can when you eat it you know but then if you want better quality you know you're gonna have to pay more you have to wait longer go to five guys you know so that that's where the where the five guys of, of, of security work in the in DC metro areas like to say, um, but you know, like I said, we're you know more expensive, but it's a brand. So you have to you have to, and people don't go to Securitas or you know even Allied, you know, for the kind of work that we do. So that's that's the interesting thing about it. Yeah, is that we have a niche market, and they find us. And it's funny too. I'm, I'm happy you said something about like brand because that's, that's so true. You know, at the end of the day, like no matter what you do, no matter what you serve, no matter what product service, whatever, uh, it's a commodity, right? People can do it themselves. They pay for you because of your brand. They pay for you because mm-hmm. of who you are. So if you don't have that set up strategically and in an intelligent way, <laughs> people aren't going to come 
to you, right? You're going to have to do the cold calling. You're going to have to do that other kind of outreach stuff. But once you have that brand locked down and you can kind of outwardly put what your views are, you know, why you do what you do, why you're better than, you know, everybody else and what you guys stand for. I mean, what I'll ask you what, I mean, how much of a, uh, how much better did it get after you guys started doing that? Was it noticeable? Well, sorry, this was a gift from employee. So that, yeah, that's exactly. They love, so I love them too. Um, So I mean, outside, so we are a registered trademark. That's for one that is, you know, and just like Coca-Cola, you know, you, you pop open that can, you want to know what you're getting. You know, you're not popping other things like, well, it's, it's going to be like today, you know? Um, so, th- so that, that, that's what it's really all uh, about establishing a brand and help keeping that. But the, you know, also part of the tough part is, you know, you got to still got to be flexible, but the same team maintain some of that integrity. And that that's, that's where it gets really tricky. And that's where almost like you go from the science to the art and that, that where you're going to not, I wouldn't say compromise, but give leeway to accomplish it, not to get the sale per se, but still accomplish that objective, still maintain your image, your trademark and what, what you're trying to represent without going too far outside that little circle of what, what, what you want to accomplish. And, yeah. you know, just sk- sk- skimming the lines, you know, what do you, you know, and, you know, so uh, not, I don't mean that in the sense that, you know, poor quality, but more, um, you know, sometimes there's a bit too, uh, there's a lot of that too much customer service oriented and sometimes there's not enough. So, you know, some people, you know, they just want to stand there and, you know, they don't want to, they want to do their job. They don't want to be holding the bags of the, you know, the, the principal or the can of the soda can or whatever drink or whatever while they sign an autograph. Or but something like simple like that, but if, you know, uh, they don't want to do that, but at the same time, there's people, you know, the ones that just they're overly concerned with the customer service and that uh, takes away from their actual job function. So oh, for finding sure. that little balance is, uh, is really, uh, you know, it's really key. And it's cool too, because going on your website, like the first thing you guys will see once you go on there is this really cool, like it's a video, right? It's the mm-hmm. very first yeah. thing you see. It's video. It catches your eye. Not necessarily any ma- information being transmitted there, but it's something to like set yourself apart. And I like what you said earlier about like the templated websites or the brochure websites, like those websites can serve a purpose and they'll get the point across, but really setting yourself apart differently and having yourself stand out really puts that edge on there because everyone else is doing the opposite thing. And then second thing I'll show you as well. And I think Michael, you might enjoy this for those listeners who can't uh, necessarily hear, or excuse me, can't see here. We have a box of fruit loops. And then here we have a box of far out fruities. Okay. You look at the bowls. They're essentially the same thing. Yeah. Which one sells more? I mean, you got the big red box. You got a character popping, smiling, you know, uh, and what do you got on the other side? You got this little, it's bland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that an I mean, astronaut? I, it's, I, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. They didn't, even, the they, thing- they, they didn't even give him an elbow. Sorry. There's not much, <laughs> there's not much effort. <laughs> there's much Dude. effort into that one. <laughs> Toucan, Toucan Sam's got all of his fingers. He's got, well, he might only have four fingers, but they gave him detail. Regardless, yeah. the reason I wanted to bring that up is because you look at the bowls, they're the same things. Fruit Loops <clears throat> is a commodity, just mm-hmm. like everything else. The reason you buy Fruit Loops is because of their brand, right? They've done work to make you know their right. brand. You know Toucan Sam, you know the brand of Fruit Loops. You're not going to buy far out fruities. Maybe some people are, but in general, look at the sales numbers of each and you know, that'll speak for itself, but something I wanted to. Yeah. And and it's unique. I mean, it's like I said, it's a, it's not a parrot. It's, you know, everyone has like, 
and, and this is for an example this is why like you look on my page i don't have this shield i don't have a lot of the guys that the security guns and you know you look at all these these other uh you know companies it's a very there's a very similar theme of a premier company you know uh tailoring to your need all that you know and then the the the, the pictures are you know the same the <clears throat> i did not want to have we're first and foremost an executive protection company but i did not want to give the impression that we're this you know pretentious only guys because then you're losing out a lot of other business and a lot of other uh services that are actually really needed we can get we'll get into that later uh, which is interesting as well but to have something that has more of a a I want to say law office corporate profile. You know, that's why you have the bird and then you have this logo. You don't have a shield. You don't have this, you know, you know, guns going like this and a skull or tactical this and whatever, you know, you don't. So I didn't want that image. I wanted a cleaner image um, that could be used, you know, uh, more, more neutral across the board uh, that separates us from that, uh, that, you know, and that's goes for, let's say the uniforms as well. You know, we don't do the. I mean, I'm wearing a white shirt, but it's on the boss. So, but we don't do the white button-down shirts or black ties. You know, we have a dark green, forest green shirt. You know, our uniforms are based off of research that shows people. People, people we're visual creatures. We we uh, based opinions off of people, what people wear and what we look like. So, but there has been research on law enforcement, you know, is if they wear, let's say, a, a khaki, they did one where they were black on black, red patches, and there are more use of force complaints, and there's khaki shirts or tan shirts, and there's like a brown or, um, or was it uh, burgundy pants, and they compared those two. So the idea was the uniform to, to uh, elicit a certain type of response, professional, authoritative, but not aggressive in that sense, not, not the mall cop white shirt black tie sort of thing but designed to uh you know elicit so we have the khaki pants and you know we're initially we had the badge and the belt next to the gun we've kind of transitioned into a uh, more uniform law enforcement we do have green a dark green shirt here top dark green bottom but again it's a it's a green it's not the black it's not the blue it's you know so that that marketing that image that stands out from everyone else that in is something simple as you know just a, just a simple color you know and that's that's so true also like having that pattern interrupt within whatever industry you're in is yes. huge for example one of my good friends uh jonah Cantor of Cantor, or excuse me Cantor construction he owns an interior remodeling company right so the first time i met him i was doing research on him and you can think of whatever logos you want for like interior design companies and it's funny that we're talking about this because i'm going to show you his logo in a second but the first time i saw his logo i was i was confused a little bit but in a good way i was like what is this like a am i on the right page like this is kind of interesting but i got his logo on my water bottle here i don't know if you can see it it's got it back a, a little uh, bit. It's a little bit blurry. There we go. Okay, yeah. He's got a. It's a beard. It's a skull. It looks like it'd be security or something. You know, it looks like yeah. hardcore. But he's in the interior remodeling space. <laughs> so that just like stood out to him. I need to talk it, to this guy. Is he designing the interiors of military barracks or? You think? Uh, <laughs> what, was no, it he... GI Joe the pit? Because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, you know, with him, he's he's an interesting case, right? Because he's been on HGTV. He's done all this yeah. other cool stuff, but he's like got this brand and himself that's like something you don't typically expect to see online. And that pattern interrupt, like 
it gets you thinking. It gets you wanting to look. That's more good. I, I, I would think you would think it'd be like, why is this logo there on the interior design? It looks like a, it looks like a, looks like a patch, you know, it'd be yeah. long on, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I can kind of see it. I'm, it's not my field, but I can, if, if it stands out and it was working for him, he did it. He did see, it. So like, that's a logo I'd expect to see in your field. That's why I thought it was funny. Exactly. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but so that's, that's interesting. Michael going, going back a little ways here. So I want to talk a little bit about your, you know, growing up kind of your childhood. I understand mm-hmm. you did sports, you did uh football, you did wrestling that really translate over to business. Well, what was your like takeaways from that moving forward in your professional and personal yeah. life? So my childhood wasn't that great. It wasn't for the most horrible thing ever, but it wasn't great. You know, you know, so there was some abusive upbringing. I won't go into detail on that. Um, so I didn't have many friends. I kind of got into, you know, uh, you know, I liked animals and everything. Kind of, those are my friends. You, you, you have that stuff, you lash out, you know, you kind of withdraw people don't want to be around you and so on. So, Actually, I ended up having my own dog walking service, you know, and I, you know, had, had collected like a football and baseball cards. You kind of sold those things a little bit here and there. So that's where the real business, and that was actually when I was about 12. So that, I think that had a lot to do with me. How do I monetize it? Because I see people walking the dogs and everything. Well, how do I do that? Uh, monetize what I liked. And that's what I did. So from for about two and a half, so about two two years, because it was from about twelve when I started. Then I, gave, I I dissolved the company. It was an LLC uh, for um, uh, to play football at a high school. So the business aspect of it came in pretty young. Uh, it literally so that was it was nothing sophisticated. I had about three friends working for me. Uh, it was. You know, mostly me after school stuff. You know, they go on vacation. I'm still in the neighborhood, so it was, it was, it was. There's no website. There's, you know, no apps. You alerts. It was just walk. It was not. You know what? Here's the funny thing about it. Was it was it was we we just didn't take care of dogs, or cats, birds, rats, hamsters. You name it. Pretty much everything. So, okay. you know, finding a dog that are in a cats are you know cats kind of take care of themselves, but is easy. Birds. But finding someone birds you know they're very needy creatures i know they, they, they really are yeah. they just <laughs> yeah. they're very needy so that's that's one big example finding you know someone to uh, said the bird that the bird likes because yeah. those birds got attitudes or something fierce so if they don't like you they'll let you know so my, my one of my cousins that. has birds and I, I i i don't think i could ever own a bird because they are so temperamental and finicky but like that's interesting right you identified there was a need for that there's a weird niche for like people who need to watch birds you have to be good with birds which are extremely care intensive so i mean to cut you off but i think that's no, you're good you're good yeah they're like there's some of them, especially when they're used to the cockatoos and whatnot they're like small children so you gotta spend you know a couple hours a day with playing with them again they have to like yeah you know you have to know their habits and do's and don'ts so uh, you know, sometimes they they grab onto you, and it's it's kind of sad because they grab onto you, their little thing, they, then they won't let go. So, but it, and so you actually find you know there's relationships you form with some of these animals that are very pretty, for, pretty intelligent. For people who don't know, this is just an interesting fact about birds. I never knew this until I started talking to people who own birds. They can live like fifty plus years. Oh yeah, they get they will live up sometimes yeah. up to hundred. Yeah, you get some of those. Uh, What's the African parrot? There's a I can't remember the the, the ones. It, it looks like a, it looks like it's not a toucan almost, but uh, yeah, they they'll, they'll they're a good while. They'll, that blew my mind. I had they no last idea. longer than most relationships. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
most marriages. So yeah, so it's an investment, to say the least. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're, they're them, and then the pet rats always like playing with them because they're smart as dogs. They uh, yeah. a lot of people don't know this is that people think like, oh, it's a small animal, the brain's small. No, 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 it's otherwise elephants and you know, whales will be smarter than we are. But they, it has to do with, you know, part of the brain. They're just really intelligent. So in, in a lot of third, there's some third world countries that they use a, a breeder rat, it's called the giant Gambian pouch rat to sniff out bombs. Because the re- when he, and here's why they do that, not canines, uh, because they actually tried to use canines. We actually, our U.S. government, we gave them a bunch of dogs. We went over there, we trained them, we gave them all their kibble. And so what happened was that they, uh, the the police trainers that belonged to that co- whatever country they were, took the dog kibble, fed it to their family because it's more nutritious than what they could give their own kids. And give seeds and whatnot to this grains to this, uh, uh, dogs, and dogs were all emaciated and dying. So what they found was that these giant gaming powders which lived to be about nine, ten years old. Uh, they're they're big. They're bigger than most cats. They uh, they train them because most rats, like your fancy rat, will have a lifespan of three years. But this is much bigger, and they eat anything. They eat bananas, whatever. They're not they're not complaining. So they're they're more manageable. So they use the rats to to sniff out bombs and and other stuff. They're just every bit as effective. So interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> so you got into that as a young age. Uh, you were <laughs> doing that before high school. So that's kind of, is it safe to say that's where your entrepreneurial spirit started with that business? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. And then obviously from there, dissolve the business, you went into sports and now moving forward from sports, you know, into mm-hmm. now. So it's cool because you left, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. you left high school already owning a small business already, you know, understanding the team aspects of mm-hmm. sports and how important teamwork is like, mm-hmm. so to me, it seems pretty natural that you would then go in and create your own business. So there was, uh, you know, got out of the house, household, uh, you know, and it's one of those things where I did retail, I didn't have much education, but I was in a, call it a, you call it a depressive state, you know, um, and it was just kind of getting, a, you know, also finding myself, you know, there's a process there. So I did retail for four or five years or something like that. And you just, I, I, it's kind of weird. You would think that I'd actually go into that. I actually didn't. So I actually really fell back. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of like, kind of felt like a zombie wandering the earth, uh, you know. And they they just, uh, I don't know, it just kind of, it's, it's kind of funny. So I was working at Party City. I mean, the party store sells, you know, you, you probably heard of it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I was coming across the street and a couple of Mormons stopped me. So, and they talked to me and I actually ended up joining the Mormon church and that taking that leap and having some positive influences uh, in me uh, in that spec also helped me jump back into, I guess that, that, that thing I had before. So that's where it kind of started. So I noticed this interesting little like this, you know, I'm down about, you know, it just started going up and up and up, you know, so I had a lot more positive and support uh, through, through the Mormon church. And that just kind of really helped me out a lot that uh, at least, you know, spiritually and, yeah. you know, intellectually so to get back on that track that I actually drive, had that young drive before, you know, I, you know, I had bills to pay and all this other stuff uh, now as an adult. So, it was just uh, a nice, uh, a nice transition there, and it kind of added up there. And that's within 
I was baptized September 2006. So that's around the time. Within six months, I had my security registration. I know that. I, had, I think it was I mean, April 2007, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. So, really taking a step back and kind of like looking at where you at, excuse me, where you were at, mm-hmm. like finding your morals again, finding like what truly drives you and not as mm-hmm. much, let's say, education but more of that internal like talk, that internal mindset and really like finding your true passion again and what you're doing is really what helped yeah. you that zombie like state. Yeah, I felt like, um, cause I put a lot of things internally and cause I didn't, obviously I didn't have the, the high school football team or I, yeah. I had a back surgery and everything, a scoliosis. So I did, you know, I still was still able to do some football and everything, you know, but so a lot of things, you know, didn't turn out that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just did help me put put me back on track, and it was like m- more like you know you walk around you got you're covered in mud just take a nice refreshing shower, and that's that really helped me out and it helped get me back and you know uh, like I said on that track to where I can you know not feeling so eh, mucky you know is the best way to explain it that uh, to focus to so. I can focus on or, or pay attention better to this particular thing that I want. And then versus, you know, uh, trying to, you know, I don't want to maybe just mope around. I guess you'd call it mope around, but it's kind of, you know, a little bit of self pity, but yeah, that sort of thing. So that's cool. And I understand that part now, but I also understand that you attended the NVCC administration of uh, justice program. Mm-hmm. You transferred over to Eastern Kentucky university. Mm-hmm. So I want to hit on that now too, because we have like the, we have the internal stuff, right? We have the Mm -hmm. mindset stuff, which is extremely important. That's like the foundation of your skyscraper, obviously the education. And this is more of what I wanted to talk about because Mm -hmm. within the entrepreneurial space, in a lot of fields, people don't necessarily need, you know, a college degree. They don't necessarily need a ton of education. What's best for them is going out and doing it. Now I want to get your take on, you know, cause I see you graduated with honors top of your class and I want to hear your take on a lot of that stuff and how that education helped you and what that actually did for you moving forward. Right. So I, I graduated from with honors from, from, uh, uh, Executive Security International, which is a, uh, a certificate certification program, not the, the the community college. I actually don't have a college degree, so yeah. Uh, so I have well, I have these little bits and pieces all over the place of education yeah. ones, uh, and the, so I transferred. No, there's good, good, great education for what I needed, especially like in the private security field, because you know they've you know these little courses they didn't teach much, and doing that criminal law, it's much more in depth. So it was really good to have these individual courses for my develop to do my job better. The uh, licenses and certifications were essential because I, I mean, as an employer, I get people all the time that apply that have the degree, but they don't have any training, they don't have any licensing, they don't have any experience, they have nothing. They come out and it's like, <laughs> you know, there's you're, you're, when you're looking when you're looking for someone, you know, there was someone's applying for a position that's, you know, you know, twenty percent uh, book smarts, eighty percent street smarts, and they've got eighty percent, you know, book smarts and twenty percent street smarts. You know, it doesn't work out too well. And I, I think education absolutely is, is, is tends to be overrated uh, or the, I should say the degrees themselves are overrated and the programs itself. So individual courses themselves, I don't, I, I think are very crucial to, to our, uh, our development is, you know, you get these, de- uh, 
you look at 128 degree or 28 credit uh, degree program, half of that stuff is fluff. You know, the bro- I mean, brother, oh, yeah. no, it's okay, a little bit nice there, but then you got this and this and this, you know, okay, college, you know, college math and English is like, well, I got through high school and I'm not going to, it's kind of, it kind of, it's kind of pointless. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have, I, even though I transferred to, uh, you know, a university, I didn't follow through with that. It was both, I did learn a lot of stuff, but I, <clears throat> I like to say something kind of pisses people off. Um, so this is going back to my childhood. They said they said I was. Uh, it's some some guy said I, at one point uh, that I had PDDNOS, pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise, not otherwise specified, a mild form of autism. So I uh, so I, I bring that up in conversation sometimes, and they'd say I'm highly functioning, and this is what I say to them: I was like, I'm. I was like. This is what I've done. Da, 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 da. I'm I'm too smart to have to go to college to be successful. <laughs> I don't like that very much. <laughs> so it, it's you're yeah exactly your 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 success. I mean, with the exception of some you know fields, you know maybe medical doctor, you know what uh, right the hard sciences stuff like yeah that. the hard you know some yeah that's 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 understandable but and a lot so, of things yeah that's interesting because you've gone to, you've attended these schoolings, you've seen some of that stuff, you've had like bits and pieces of what's important to you and what you needed to develop. But where did you really like within your professional field now, where did you learn the most that you think directly helped you, you know, grow your business to where it is today? What aspect, what classes, like what, what experience, right? Not even relating to school. And I know it's probably hard. You can. Well, no, actually, it, uh, my most experiences actually had to do with me learning uh, what I can do with the business stuff uh, in the security and executive production field. Had more, uh, I, I got more from back in the days of walking dogs because you're dealing with individuals and their, and their needs and understanding those, those, that little nuances, you know, uh, base, cause this, you know, you go into the house, they have two dogs, you know, they have, this dog has one person, this dog personality and, you know, dealing with that client. And then this person has one dog and one cat. So you're dealing with uh, different situations. I mean, there's the employee aspect of it as well, but ha- having understanding that this dog needs to get walked, this dog, you know, these are certain needs met and how are you going to do that? So, uh, so tailoring that to accomplish that objective, uh, because there's dogs that actually have had surgeries. They have, you know, other issues that you got to deal with. Uh, one dog was a really, this dog was a, this dog was a high maintenance. She would only eat her food. If it was in, if you poured two ounces of warm water into it and mix it around and th- and she wouldn't eat it. She wouldn't eat it if, he, if it was one ounce or for three ounces, and it was cold. She wouldn't eat it. So <laughs> this dog was. I don't know. So that had a lot. The business aspect had a lot to do with that. The uh, what I did learn from the security field when I was operating the business a- aspect of it, I, I looked at two different things: the employees and the in the employers. So the employers are a lot of them are just doing shady stuff, 1099, right? Everyone's an independent contractor because they don't want to pay all this stuff. So there's one aspect of it. And two is employee morale, you know? So kind of adopted that mentality of like, like it says on the website, Richard Branson, treat them well. And so, and 
I did learn something very interesting. This is a uh, call it a trade secret. This is for you. So there's a, uh, when you have a, a client, there's a certain amount of pliability you have with them and all these companies, they use that pliability to catch all the crap, dumb shit that their low bid, you know, minimally qualified security agents do. So there's a certain lot of you kind of elasticity as you call it, you know? So they try to pull that in, that in that direction. I pull it in the other direction and try to pull them and say, Hey, what about this? Let's try this. I push back on clients. Hey, let's do this. Instead of just doing that, yeah, yes, sir, no, ma'am, yes, sir, we can do that, no problem. And then, well, no, they can't do that and it has a problem. So I educate them and, 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 and use that pliability, the elasticity towards the objective and, you know, beneficial towards my staff, myself, and them. So it's, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship that, that, uh, understand, uh, that needs to take place uh, to, you know, to have a much more healthier uh, environment for this, whatever that site is, whether it's home association, apartment complex, office, whatever, and then the services in there, and that they have to have faith in your ability to trust you to do, to do the job. Uh, and that's where that elasticity comes in. You got to find that you know, instead of having this rigid, this is what they want, this, this, and this. Okay, these three things. You got these three things and all these three things. No, see, let's see if you can swap this thing out for something else. And just, you got to play with that as less, uh, uh, elasticity and see what you, you know, what you can accomplish. And you'll see what, you know, see what I mean. Not in sales wise per se, but what I'm talking about, like in service and trying to accomplish the objective. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's so true. And even like, not as much in the sales side of things, but in like the problem solving world too, right? One of the things that helps out so much is when you get creative with different solutions. So like, for example, I, I'll use sales because that's what I know. I'll use sales because I know that's what a lot of our listeners have. But like you have an offer and it has X, Y, and Z in it. And that's what your <laughs> offer is. It's X, Y, Z for X amount of dollars. Okay. <laughs> if it's not a great fit for that person, you can have a X, Y, Z or X, Y, Z. B, right? So like switching that stuff out because you have that control over it to make it more appealing to that person and realizing that, hey, I can definitely pitch this to them or I can definitely fulfill their needs through this. Mm -hmm. But I think subbing this out for something else would fit them better, would help them more. And that way you're not going through all these different offers. It's once you can get good at becoming creative with your problem solving and addressing your client's needs, addressing what they truly need to be done. That's when you experience like the biggest amount of growth through closing, through client satisfaction, whatever the case is, but having that kind of unique tailored approach to each person, not so much that you're doing a ton of work for it, but just enough to where, Hey, I know that this person needs this and they can benefit from this and they don't need this as much. Let's do this for them. Like that is such a, a golden nugget within business. It's, it's mind blowing. Here's a, here's a little, here's a little secret. Tell them a secret. So there's like, there's, there, there's the little things that, you know, you tell them, to, you know, to make the sale industry standard. And, and let me be more specific. So a lot of clients, they want those mark patrol vehicles to deter go around, you know, Amber lights deter the bad guys. That doesn't work. You can actually download the website or the study from my website. Uh, it's criminal justice or criminology 101, Kansas City Preventive Patrol Experiment. These cop cars go around. There's, there's no really effect on deterrence. That's the, that's the police. So they're not afraid of them. They're afraid of these low yeah. lights. It's not really in, in effective. There's this misconceptions that it, uh, that it is an effect to me, uh, that that's effective. It's sold not only in the security aspect of it, but even the police departments. They you, you they literally have in Alexandria, where 
businesses will pay the department a hundred dollars a day to park their vehicle on site. And it's like, you're what, what, what? And not just a, a patrol car. They got these little, they look, they got three wheeled scooter things, you know, it's like in, in front of the CVS in old town. It's like, uh, okay. It's a nice little, you know, statue there, or like, um, <laughs> you know, a uh, piece of art, but it's not effect. It's not affecting me. So what I did was like, Hey, your biggest asset on site is the individual officer. Okay. So let's do this. Use his patrol vehicle, his own personal vehicle. Okay. He's on site. And that way you take the money, you have the bill rate for the individual. And then you have a initial rate for, let's say the, uh, the patrol unit itself, the patrol cars. So you take that pay, the cost there and put it there onto the officer's bill rate. And then you get yourself, you can afford a better quality individual. So that's something as simple as that. And, but it's like I said, it's it's there's an industry standard or like it's selling, and, but it's 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 false or it's either false or it's it's overinflated beyond you know really you know any sort of rationale, and to educating that client tell them something they don't know is 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 kind of kind of opens them up a bit that way they're more receptive to whatever you have to you know. And- how cool is that too, that there's all these across multiple industries. Like that's a fantastic example from yours, but like for other industries, there's these stone cold truths, right. That people think are real, that people think work, whatever the case is. But a lot of the times, you know, digging into that, doing the research, whatever the case is, you might see that there's better ways to do it. There's different ways to do it. There's stuff that hasn't been explored to more, or excuse me, explored more to get the mm-hmm. same result. And having that conversation, that's not necessarily like, a sales conversation. It's not next. It's like a teaching experience, right? Sitting mm-hmm. next to that person as opposed mm-hmm. to across from explaining why this idea might be better for them than the other idea that they've been doing forever. Like, yeah. that's it. That's what it's all about. And like, that's, that's a really interesting example too. And I'd like your solution to that. Yeah. And it's, it's not for all, all, cli- all clients. Some, some people, they literally want to be sold. And I literally, there's a, there's a phrase I, I tell my guys, like, you ever start your own business and this person says this to you walk out don't even submit a proposal they say what are you going to do for us okay i was okay well i'm going to offer you navy seals for boy scout prices and throw in a completely and utterly free patrol unit that's what i'm gonna do so yeah uh so you have just like i say markets within the market so you have to figure out what market you're in using those cheap stuff middle of the road more high end and then and then use those techniques for that as that that particular market and then mold that around it. You can't really, you're not going to be able to successfully put one more, you know, over to the other. You know, maybe cheap end to a little middle of the road or this here to there, but you're not going to be able to merge the, the high end stuff with the low end stuff. You know, it's it's just it's it's too, it's too far too far off. Yeah, yeah. And so so to clarify on that point though, so what are you going to do for us? You're saying you'll never take or within reason, never take a person like that because they don't have a true need or they don't like, they're just kind of shopping around. Well, explain that a little more. So it's, it's, they want to be sold. That, that's what they want. They want me to tell them and butter them up and throw them a bunch of freebies. And this, I've, this is not just, I've, I've learned this from many times sitting in the, in those meeting rooms with their staff. Uh, and I, and they call back every single year, you know, after I've got a, I've actually got a two strikes you're out rule is like, if you, if you call me like more than twice and you still is like, I'm just going to blacklist you. Cause I don't have the time or patience to deal yeah. with that. 
because I get called every single year and there's a few of them. They send emails out and they call and say, Hey, can we do this? And it's like, I tell, I actually started telling them, it's like, just take, stop calling us because they don't know what they want. And you actually look at the individual uh, companies that they, uh, the actual companies they end up selecting. What are they, they select? They select a low bidder. That's not that you can, so you can kind of tell the, 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 <clears throat> what their mindset is based off of their, their provi- the providers that they do choose. And th- that's just, that was an example. Uh, so yeah. Looking at, looking at them, like actually having a need, knowing that you're the right person versus somebody who's kicking the tires. They want to go through the song and dance of, you know, seeing what you can provide. To exactly. Them. They will, they yeah. want, they want the, yeah, yeah. So, the song and dance. They want, uh, they want you to perform. They want you to, there's a sense of entitlement uh, amongst yeah. a lot of people. Uh, these days and they see that and they want that like i said if they, they uh if they could get your services for free and then complain about the quality just complain about they're terrible they'll do that versus actually pay a buck buck or two more uh per hour and get something better they'll, they'll do that just fine uh also that said they, there is there is a difference between what they know happened and what has actually occurred. Cause a lot, you know, you deal with, you know, 90% of, you know, the, the nonsense that, you know, the guys fall asleep on site, not showing, et cetera, the clients don't know about. So if something is so bad that they know about it, there's all this other stuff that they haven't heard about that we're obviously not informing them on. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Michael, I want to, I want to, uh, start wrapping things up here. The last thing I want to talk about, and this is really cool. Um, Mm. Again, pattern interrupts, right? On your website, I'm doing my Mm. research. Oh, sure. I go down to what tab was it under? I believe it was under, oh yeah, under what we do. I go scroll down there, see a literature tab. I've never seen that on a site before. You have your recommended reads, you have a bunch of books on here. So I'm curious now to ask you this question, how important is knowledge and reading stuff like that within your line of work? Uh, uh, very, uh, you, you were intelligence based, you know, you can't simply put a guy there that doesn't know what he's doing. And the reactionary problem we're seeing is that other people don't know how to react or we're just relying on a reaction we're relying on law enforcement to react to what's called the right there's the bang there's right of bang there's left you're probably familiar with the term we want to do primarily left of bang stop it from happening in the first place and and understand these concepts this knowledge you know there's a lot of free knowledge out there people a lot of times choose not to do it because they don't have to it's not state mandated uh my academy's actually done something kind of interesting with that where we have provided, we're providing cheaper online uh, in-service training. It's like half the price, but you have to, you have to, you have to score higher to pass. So instead of 70, you got to do 80%. There's a little bit more, you know, training as well. And I, I, there's a client education aspect of it as well, that they need to, you know, they need to be familiar with, with what they're getting. Cause most, almost, I, don't, I think out of the five, what, six years we've been in business, I've only been asked for my license first by the client or prospective client, at least two, maybe three times. But most don't even know it's regulated. And some, a lot of states don't even do, don't even regulate at all. So they, they need to know what they're getting. And is, isn't that kind of interesting too, because like along the lines of social proof, like senior credentials, your certificates, like what work have you done before? I think a lot of that all comes down to trust, right? Because if that person trusts you and they believe that what you're mm-hmm. doing is good, they're not going to ask you that. If they're asking you that, you already lost the trust somewhere mm-hmm. along the way most times. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to 
kind of dissect that because like, obviously I'll put myself in this situation, right? When we first started a business and we got asked for that stuff, we didn't have any clients. So, you know, not really much you can do there, but now, you know, I, I know what we do works and you know what you do works. So when you get asked that it's, it's not truly like they necessarily want to see it's that something throughout your conversation hasn't connected with them or something seems odd and they they're not trusting you so it's like finding out how to build that trust effectively and it's different from person to person because like mm-hmm. one might work with somebody else you're going to completely lose somebody else on so really kind of like feeling out that person seeing what they truly need to see to be able to feel comfortable enough to make that decision to move forward with you like i like that you said that that's super for, true for the security industry i would say that there is almost a blind trust a lot of people cause they assume they assume that the person in the company is licensed they assume the individual has a registration and so many times that, that's not the case at all uh, so uh what i found to be very effective is not just sit there and throw oh i promise this oh we're this oh we're highly trained whatever the hell that's supposed to be you know uh show them what how are you trained? you know yeah. show them your individual registration card it is their right in virginia if you hire me I, my agent must show you our individual registration card. That is, that is DCJS regulation. They must, they, they have to, it's, I think it's like class one misdemeanor if they don't. Uh, so I don't really do anything about it, but it, it's just one of those things that when you provide the documentation, so, so you say, you say, oh, we're this, we're this. No, show it to them. Nobody does that. They barely send the licenses. They don't show it to them unless you're specifically asked. And that's usually the state RFPs, you know, in the big old packets. But this, the private ones, they seldom will they, they even ask for it. And if you provide that, that, hey, this is what I'm saying, and here's the proof. I'm living wage certified. Here's our certificate. You know, here's our DCJS license with all our, you know, stuff. Here's insurance. Throw it to them firsthand. That way they, it's, it's and it's like a, um, it's, it's like, it's, it's, you're showing your proof, your credentials, you know, you're absolutely. Yeah. And like staying with the topic yeah. of staying with the topic of lit- literature too, though, mm-hmm. like show, don't tell, right. Show people that stuff. You, people don't want to hear about it. They want to actually see it. So like, for example, like one of the things we started doing is we just started showing people, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, you can listen, say how great I am, blah, blah, blah. But just Google my name, Google my name, right. see what comes up. Like that kind of stuff, you know, it's like showing that person, giving them that card, letting them do their own research, encouraging research, like that yeah. stuff is, is huge. And, and Michael, yeah. let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Oh, of course, you about your day. Where can we get in contact with you? Where can we learn more? Um, we're located in based out of Northern Virginia, uh, Alexandria. Our phone number is 703-722-8677. Our website is Blue Raven intelligence.com we also have a new academy it's brcja.com there we go awesome really really good conversation today michael appreciate you for hopping on all right take care